Today on Locked On Red Wings, Tyler Bertuzzi is dealt to the Boston Bruins. Should Detroit have gotten more? Your Locked On Red Wings, your daily podcast on the Detroit Red Wings. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back to the Locked On Red Wings podcast. We are your hosts, Brian Fisher and Scotty Bentley. I'm a podcast producer for the Daily J, a WWJ news radio podcast. Well, Scotty, so is over at Locked On Tigers, as well as a freelance journalist for the Detroit News. And Scotty, today, obviously, the Red Wings lost in overtime. Not to the comeback, fell short, four losses in a row against the Seattle Kraken, but that is not the story. We'll get to that. But the story, of course, today, first of all, how are you doing, buddy? I don't want to get past, I don't want to run past that. How are you doing? <laughs> I'm doing all right, man. How are you? Doing good. The story today is Tyler Bertuzzi was dealt to the Boston Bruins. Um, I just want to walk you through a timeline of events on the whiplash that the Red Wings fan has occurred through the last, like, what, three weeks, last month? And it starts sure. right at the end of the All-Star break. They lose to the Edmonton Oilers, second loss in a row, continues their trend of just not really being a, a real competitive hockey team night in and night out. But then they beat the Flames with me in attendance, Phil Zadina scored, totally unrelated. And that starts their hot streak. They then go seven in their next, they win seven of their next 10. So they go seven of three in that stretch. They're right there in the wild card race. They beat the New York Rangers and now. They're in the wild card spot, second in the wild card spot. They extend Olimata. Rumors have it that Bertuzzi's off the trade block. He's going to let the or Eisenman's going to let the Red Wings play. So now we all think, and even though I said I wasn't buying in, there was the emotional like my brain was like, "Don't do it, don't do it." But my heart had other ideas. I I began to buy in, regardless. I mean, if you heard my solo episode after the Rangers win, like I was. I sounded bought in, even though I was saying I'm not bought in yet. Then the two games against the Ottawa Senators happened. Well, first, technically, the, the loss to the Lightning happened, but I was still really confident after that game. They played really good in that game. Then the two games against the Senators happened. We say make or break series. Make or break back-to-back -back games. They lose the first one. They're blown out. Michael Rasmussen is hurt. We don't know it yet, but his season would be over. But then they extend Jake Wollman. Let the bipolar begin. They then go out again, and you say, okay, well, if they win the second one, you're not out of this yet. They get blown out again in the similar vein, in a similar fashion. But then they extend Dylan Larkin, and so now you're like, am I happy? Am I sad? I don't, oh, Philip Peronick got traded. Oh, man. Oh, the return was pretty good, though. Okay, so I don't know how I'm feeling. We got the Dylan Larkin high, but then we got the Philip Peronick trade, so I don't know where my mind's at. And then we wake up this morning, Tyler Bertuzzi dealt. We knew that was coming. But my point here going through this timeline is to tell, just to kind of explain how crazy these last couple of weeks, weeks have been for Red Wings fans in that we went through some crazy highs and thought we were a playoff contender, and then we were forced down and crashed to reality. Yeah, no, I mean, it's been a, it's been a roller coaster, and I think that it there have definitely been a, a – a, I think the biggest thing for me within this is really just how meaningful it made every game. 
like that that was the the biggest thing for me was with it you know you hear birds coming off the trade block you start extending people and and we're looking around and we're going okay like these games matter and if we win these hockey games we're not trading Bert. And, and like we're 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 I mean no one knew that Heronic was gonna happen, but like we're we might stand pat and just kind of let let's see what's up. Like let's kind of make a run type of thing. And that that obviously then two just you get the doors blown off you on back to back nights in uh in Ottawa and we find ourselves where we are. So really the biggest thing for me during the last however long back you want to go, whether it's the the winning streak and the extension of players or whatever. Uh, the biggest thing for me is just that, it, I mean, it was, it, it was exciting, but terrifying with, with how much it made each game matter there for a little bit. And it's crazy how every game changed the trajectory of this team so quickly. Yeah. Like so dramatically. I mean, if we go two and zero in Ottawa, I don't think we're having this conversation. I genuinely don't. And there is a little bit to be said to Scotty about how the silver lining being that you should be glad this happened before the deadline and not after if they had collapsed right after the deadline and you I mean, would have to Bertuzzi and Kronik, then you're like, Oh man, why did we do this? So that's the silver lining to this. And I guess my first initial question, if we want to dive into the Tyler Bertuzzi trade now is that should be the bulk of our, our, our episode now is the team has gone back to sell mode and this team's trajectory is to just try and acquire assets the tra- as of recording this, the trade deadline has yet to pass. It's 10 o'clock on night right after they lost to the Seattle Kraken. Tyler Bertuzzi netted you a top 10 protected 2024 first round pick, and I believe the 2025 second round pick or fourth round pick. My, my apologies. Yep. In return for Tyler Bertuzzi, and 50% of his salary is retained with the Red Wings. Not that that matters at all because it's an expiring contract regardless. It was just for matters cap to reasons. <laughs> matters to Boston, but it doesn't matter to the Red Wings. A lot, but yeah. So my question is, is are you happy with that return? Do you think they should have gotten more or you, or you did it blow the doors off for you? Uh, I am content with the return. I mean, I, I've been Mr. Cynical about a Bertuzzi return for like ever. That's better, right? Like when we had that conversation, I was the one that was like, huh, you know, if, if that happens, I don't think people are going to be necessarily thrilled with the return and people might even be underwhelmed. And, uh, there, there was definitely a, a part of the Wings crowd and, and, and fan base that I think was a little bit underwhelmed. And uh, the emotional attachment certainly plays a big factor into that. And the Larkin presser didn't help that at all. Um, that, that was tough to watch for sure. You can tell that they were uh, that they were incredibly close friends. So that that part of it sucks. And God, like, that these presser are human, did suck. That yeah, hurt. like these are these are human beings and. Um, it's, it's, you know, don't want to lose sight of that conversation where these are people with feelings that have made relationships and they're not just robots that entertain us. So, um, that's, that's definitely, that was tough. That was a real tough watch, but, um, Larkin, Larkin handled it well as he, as he always does. And that's why he's the captain. But, um, as far as the return goes, I, I think that, uh, the, I was content with it because just situationally, this is a expiring deal on the the most popular, deepest, whatever you want to call it, position in the sport in winger. 
And he, he's got what 14 points in 29 games, 30 games. Like he, he is, and I know his production's picked picked up lately, and I, I fully expect him to be, you know, like the Tyler Perduzzi that that we are used to over there in Boston. That's not a slight on his play at all, but like he hasn't had production when he has played. He's been hurt for a majority of the season. He's an expiring deal and he's a winger. Like every single thing is going against him. So honestly. I was excited to even get a first plus another asset in the draft pick like that. That that was I was I'm very content with the deal. No, I'm not running around, you know, yelling fleece and, and like, oh, my goodness, <laughs> this is the greatest return of all time. But I, I'm certainly not underwhelmed. This is more than what I expected. And, and that's me being kind of the the, you know, Mr. Debbie Downer about what kind of return we were going to get from him in the first place. And you know what's funny is now I am where you are at. Now I completely agree with you. But when the trade first happened, I was underwhelmed with the return because I was I was the guy that you're talking about. I was the guy, and I shouldn't have done this. I know better than this. We talk about these types of things every year. I was the fan that put more value on my player than the rest of the league clearly had. And I should know better than to do that because of all the reasons you just stated. Expiring deal. Every like the, the winger is the is the deepest pool in hockey, the deepest position uh, in hockey, and of course his the injury things that happened this season with him that are out of his control, but did happen and that impacted his value. So with all that in mind, like the Red Wings asking for a first plus, they got exactly what they wanted. They got a first. The Bruins didn't have a first round pick for this year, so they had to settle for next year's. It's top 10 protected. The Bruins are not going to finish picks one through 10 next year. They're too good for that, especially because they just extended Pasternak at the same time. So you can finally cross that off your pending UFAs. Um, So you got their next year first round pick and the fourth round pick for what, two years from now, whatever it is. That one, I'm not even, I don't even care about that one. Whatever. Um, So the big question is like here is the return is fair. That's fine. I get it. Bertuzzi, I'm going to miss you. The question becomes is, are you fine with getting picks back? And I want to ask you that question after this break. But first, I got to talk to the people today about Bilt Bar. It's a professional transition right there. Thanks, man. I appreciate it. Looking for a delicious treat, but don't want all the fat and calories. Then you've got to try Bilt Bar. We are now, well, it's trade deadline day if you're listening to this, because that means this episode has premiered and it is Friday. And you're well past New Year's resolutions, guys. So at this point, you've either stuck with it or you haven't. But regardless, it's never too late to start buying Built Bar. Why? Because they make healthy actually tasty. They're so delicious, you won't even think they're good for you. But they are. Despite being covered in 100% real chocolate, they're only 130 calories with 4 grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. In the past, guys, you could only ever go to Built.com if you wanted some Built Bars, but we got good news. Scotty, where can you find them? You can find them at Sam's Club. You can find them at Walmart. Get the 4-bar box. Get the 13-bar box. Or you can still go to Built.com. As always, Built.com is always a viable option. The 4-bar box at Walmart includes cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puff. If you go to Sam's Club and want to buy in bulk, 13-bar box with hit flavors, brownie, batter, and churro, you will thank us later. So, again, built.com, Sam's Club, Walmart. You won't regret it. Segment 2, Locked On Red Wings podcast. So, Scotty, I, I bring in this aspect of the Bertuzzi deal. 
And this is, I'm not alone in this aspect, in fact, either. I, I, I talked about it earlier on Twitter, but I heard them talking about it at 97.1 down the hall from where I work on the air today from uh, 2 to 6. And I, I, it did reassure me a little bit to know that I'm not the only one here. But when the trade happened, while I understood both Heronic and I understood Bertuzzi were good values. In a vacuum, those are both good value trades. For some reason, I struggled to get excited about it. And I sat there and stewed for a while to figure out why it was. And I realized is I am fatigued on getting picks in return. Because this is a team that is supposed to, and is, to be fair, it is. You step back and look at the bigger picture. We're right where we're supposed to be. But I'm getting tired of trading players that we know of, even if they're not good players, I'm getting exhausted of trading players for picks. What if situations? And again, I understand that's a very emotional statement. I understand the logic behind all the moves Eisenman has made, and I agree with them. But I'm just getting a little bit burnt out on getting picks back. I'm at a stage where I want players back. I want prospects. I want guys you can play right now. I, I'm ready for this team to take a ne the next step. And I, again, because I know that the, the comeback is, well, you know, the, this is a stacked draft and that these picks are good. You know, you can, you can leverage them. And I get that. I understand that. And I agree with all of it, but there's a side of me that's just getting kind of burnt out on every year trading guys for picks. And I know, I know that that's, that's a, that's a pessimistic viewpoint. I understand that, but it's just, I can't, I can't ignore that side of me. That's getting fatigued. I would say my biggest because I had um, I had oh shoot I forget who it was I had somebody who uh, replied to one of my tweets and kind of had a similar sentiment as well and I, I totally understand it. Um, my biggest thing right now is that I don't feel. Like, and this, this might be, maybe I'm on an island with this one. I don't feel like these trades were like steps backwards in this quote unquote rebuild. I don't think that this is like rebuild 2.0 or that we're like tearing it down again. I don't view these as that. And the reason why I don't view these moves as that is because I think a, we're, we're too close and the team is too young. That doesn't make any sense. Like that, that literally makes no sense to have a, a, a team who's all like in their mid-20s and younger outside of a, a few exceptions, obviously. Like your young core is all in their early and mid-20s and be finally have built up to right on the cusp of the playoffs and then tear it down again doesn't make sense. So like that's not what is happening in my eyes. And I, I my, my reasoning is outside of it just not making sense, is that I, I fully believe timing-wise, it is imperative that th this offseason is huge. I think this is the most important offseason, like, ever. Like, I, I, I truly think this is, this is the most important offseason since, and I guess maybe every offseason since Eiserman took over, every new offseason is the most important offseason he's ever had. But yeah, but it's I growing think, exponentially in importance. Right. <laughs> but I, I, I genuinely, I think this is imperative. I think this offseason is is vital to hit home runs on to take this team to the next step. And the reason why I don't view this as a teardown is because I, I expect to be honest with you. And, and look, 
four months from now, five months from now, we might look back at this tape and, and I might ha have pie in my face and look dumb about it. But I expect these picks to be used to trade and acquire then actual players. I, I don't expect the wings to Pick uh, like unless you're trading up to number one. I don't really see a point in trading up in this draft too terribly much. And, or unless you think you're going to get somebody who is very close to um, NHL ready right away, which would be a, a heck of a jump up. And I'm not sure even with the amount of picks you have, you have the assets to do to move that high in the draft. But I, I really do think that that's what's coming. And, and that's not to say that it's, it's going to happen, you know, before four, 3 PM on Friday, but I think this offseason, you are now in a position where you have a ton of assets. Look, if they sit back and and they have their five picks in the top 45 and they just draft all of them and then we're talking about dudes who are one, two, three years down the road, then yes, you're, you have every right to feel that way. And, and I would agree with you in that sense. But uh, until we get through all seven rounds and we still have all five of our top 45 picks and drafted players that are part of the Wings organization with all of those, I don't think that that all five of those top 50 picks are going to stay here. I I, 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 I want to hesitate a little bit and not say, like, I fully expect and it's certain. I don't want to get people, you know, like, I don't know anything y'all don't know, but I no. – I, I don't know if it's a feeling or, or whatever, but just like the timing with where we're at in the rebuild, it just, it makes so much sense to me to leverage take those picks, picks and, and turn them then into other players and, and not just sit back and just have five top 50 draft picks every year for the next 10 years. Mm -hmm. I, I'm in complete alignment with you. I mean, for me, it is, again, it's, it, it's an emotional response for me. It's, it's the, just being tired of constantly selling for, for picks. But again, I completely understand and agree with the method. I I'm letting Iserman cook. This isn't a, I'm doubting Iserman and where this isn't a, we're tearing back down. Bertuzzi wasn't going to stay regardless. So I would have felt this way either way, despite the fact that I knew and agreed with the idea that trading Bertuzzi is the right move. This again, sure. it's just a completely emotional response. I I'm not saying it was wrong. Then that's not, I'm not telling you that Scott. I'm telling that to the listener. No, no, um, no. I, I, I don't want it to be can... misconstrued. You can understand value and still feel that way. That that's totally legitimate for sure. Um, but the thing with what you said that I completely agree on, agree on, and we did mention it a little bit yesterday is I will be a little bit disappointed if he has five picks in the first fifty and he doesn't leverage that for either a higher pick or a prospect. Now again. I don't think save it's going to be five in the top 50, but it's going to be zero in the top 10 or 12. Exactly. Right? So like, so you either got to move up for a, a impact because they're even outside one and two, which is presumably Fantilli, but no yeah. one's, I'm sorry, no one's trading you number one with Connor Bedard, unless you're offering them. No literally... one's trading you two either. <laughs> yeah. Um, right. You can offer them. The, Especially the... not for, five picks again that aren't even yeah. going to be in the top 10 in the draft like that's you, just you not can happening. offer them the the whole boat and they're going to say no correct but if you don't move up to the top 10 or you don't trade leverage those picks for a high-end prospect or impact player now because it doesn't have to be just those picks you can you can package other stuff as well and yeah, well, that, that's my biggest thing is you just have flexibility and we talked about it a little bit yesterday with the Hirona yes. deal like you 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 have flexibility and on top of the flexibility you have 
what was that list like seven or eight of the like under 23 uh, 23 u like prospects in the league like eight of a hundred are the top eight out of the top 100 prospects or u22 players are on the red wings or something like that. right yeah so like it's it's just it's one of those things where you you have so much flexibility and you have so much value and it's just about making the correct decisions this offseason to turn the value that you have into top end talent and i completely agree that in a vacuum this does not equal that and neither does the heronic deal but when you look at what they've stockpiled that absolutely can well and to end this part of the conversation because we still got to do a little bit of a game recap against the kraken the the thing about doing that is to Iserman's credit, he has done that. He has leveraged picks in the past. And while this team earlier in the rebuild has been in a position where using those picks is a wise decision, he has also packaged and leveraged those to get himself up and higher. Like we, Sebastian Kosa, right. he had it on record that the Wild were going to pick a goalie, and so he packaged a couple picks to move higher above them to get the goalie he wanted. He's not afraid of doing it. So while I'll be disappointed if they do that, I also have a lot of confidence that he is still cooking. And as of recording this, deadline's not done. Yeah, the, so, I mean, yeah, there's still, oh, I mean, over 12 hours from the time of this recording. And yeah, it's at 3 p.m. Eastern time on uh, on, on Friday. So yeah, there's, there's still d- getting interest because he's been playing great. Oscar Sunquist Suter. Yeah, yeah. I think Suter's the most likely, if, if you had to ask me, who yep. the most likely person is to get moved still, I would say Suter. Awesome. Um, when we come back, we'll do a game recap of Seattle Kraken, a little abbreviated one. We'll see. Maybe we'll go along. I don't know. It's always up in the air with us. But first, I got to talk to you guys today about Indeed. No matter how last game went, it was a game for sure. Uh, anytime you take the field, you've got a shot at greatness. Give your team the best shot at winning by recruiting more MVPs with Indeed. If you're hiring, you need Indeed because Indeed is the hiring partner where you can attract, interview, and hire all in one place. And Indeed is the only job site where you're guaranteed to find quality applications that meet your must-have requirements or else you don't pay. Instead of spending hours on multiple job sites hoping to find candidates with the right skills, you need one powerful hiring partner that can help you do it all. Guys, I'm going to be honest with you. When I used to work at Little Caesars Arena uh, in the retail department as an assistant manager, I did a lot of hiring because it's you, you see a lot of business during game day, so you need a lot of employees. The bulk majority of the people we hired were through Indeed and it's because they made it easy for us and for the people who were applying. In a lot of cases, it would instantly create resumes that were easy for us to read, and we could filter out the people we wanted and you know, send emails and notifications to people we did. And bam, we were hiring people left and right. It was, it was a great resource. And so it's a great resource for me as, uh, as a hiring manager at the time, as, as well as having gotten hired in the past using indeed. So, uh, they make it easy to hire great talent. According to Comscore, indeed is the number one job site in the world. Start hiring right now with a $75 sponsored job credit to upgrade your job post at indeed.com slash locked on. The offer is valid through March 31st. Segment three, Lockdown Red Wings podcast. All right, Scotty, four-game losing streak, lost five to four in overtime against the Seattle Kraken, got a point out of it, despite the fact that they battled back and had a comeback. Thoughts on the game? Uh, not, you know, it's <laughs> it's just tough, man. Like, they, these, 
obviously a very emotional day, a very emotional presser from from Larkin, um, uh, and, and very. I really wanted to win this one, to be honest with you. I, and I know that after the Ottawa thing, the playoffs is really far fetched now, and and they're selling off pieces, so like that makes it even more far fetched. And I I totally know where the team is at, but uh, whenever something big happens off the the ice or the field or whatever sport to one of the teams I root for I I, I root very very hard for them to win the the next game that they play and uh, we'll, we'll take a point and you know I it's given where Seattle yeah given where Seattle's at and and given you know again the the week that that the Wings have had as you laid out earlier uh, I I don't think we should be too upset with a point to be honest um, but but yeah I, I I really wanted to win it and. There, there was still some good to take away from. I mean, like Adam Ernie, man, Adam, the return of Ernie, and he comes on. He's uh, he's chucking knucks early in the game and scores um, a goal technically. Yeah, yeah, it true. Yeah, I him. forgot they they gave him that the cider one, right? Yeah, I I watched that replay a thousand times. I was like, I don't see definitive evidence he got a piece of that, but sure, Me give neither, it Adam but... Ernie the goal. <laughs> yeah, I'm I'm chilling it. I'm chilling giving uh, giving Earn Dog some love, but. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know, it's, it's, um, I, I thought that it was a, a well-played offensive game, which we haven't been able to say too much lately. So that was kind of nice. Some softies for sure on both ends, honestly. Yeah. Well, they changed um, the goalies. It was so soft. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, definitely. I mean, like, yeah, Sherratt's was just, he was just trying to hit it off the pad and get a puck on net and all of a sudden it's fine in the back <laughs> of the net but um yeah I, I think that honestly the biggest thing that i'm looking for in the coming games is i am looking for how they're gonna adjust like i mean you you have a huge hole on obviously at with, with bertuzzi at at top line there and then uh defensively how they're going to rearrange the right side of the defense for the remainder of the season is a massive question mark so uh, more so than anything, that's kind of where I, my eyes went. And and while Sherrod had the goal, he still was very much Ben Sherrod. So. Yeah, so everything you said, plus more, I don't even know where to begin with this. So one thing, they called up Ernie for the penalty kill. They slot him in the game. I don't have a problem with that, but I have a problem with just not giving Vrana an opportunity. And every time I see Vrana get scratched, I, I believe more and more that that relationship might just be fractured. Now that's just speculation on my part. Um, so don't take that with a huge grain of salt. Not like I've been hearing that from anybody, uh, but it just feels like they're, it feels dirty because he's not necessarily, while he hasn't gotten a point yet since he's come back, I don't think he hasn't been bad in like any of the games he's played. He's had a couple of shaky moments, but he's still readjusting. And he's been buried on the fourth line in every single game. So I want to see him. I was hoping after the trade deadline, or not, well, it's not after the trade deadline yet, but after a huge trade in Bertuzzi, they'd give him an opportunity to really, because they're supposedly showcasing him, that via reports, they're showcasing him for a trade. They haven't given him an opportunity to be showcased. So I, I'm a little frustrated that they chose to call up Adam Ernie and bench Vrana again despite the fact that Ernie did have a really good, like I thought he had a pretty impressive performance as far as Adam Ernie performances go. Uh, I just was a little frustrated in that. And plus they took Osterley off the IR and added Rasmussen to the IR. He's done for the year. That stings. And then, yeah, the defensive lines, huge shakeup. 
who would have how would you I'm just gonna pull up the hockey stack cards and you guys can you guys can be the judge. I, I I'll describe it for respect the people. Respect him, bro. Respect him. <laughs> how how respect this... Robert Haig. Yep, look at that. The king. How in on earth? So for those who aren't watching, Robert Haig and Gustav Lindstrom, your third pair, both of which are seventh D-men at best, were the best players on game score and expected goals for percentage at five on five on the team in this game against Seattle. Hashtag and then if you look at Robert Haig. Who, now, now look all the way at the bottom, Scotty. Who are the bottom two players? Yeah, they shared a pair together. Because they moved Ben Sherrod over to the right side, because we talked about that. He can play both sides, which does open the door potentially to a, either a young guy on either side getting called up if the team decides to do that. So they paired up Olimata and Ben Sherrod, and they were by far, despite Ben Sherrod's goal, by far the worst players on this team in this game. And it's not just here on Game Score. It was on five their five v five stats on Natural Stat Trick. It was also the, the eye test. The pairing and, got and absolutely yeah burned to the outside, like over and over also, and over and over and over and over again. The backdoor opportunities, man. How did, ben, how did Ben Sherratt score even strength the goal and then still come out of this game with a negative offensive game score? Yeah, that's actually crazy impressive. I'm not going to lie. How, like, if you score a goal, normally you're going to be in the positives, like, regardless. <laughs> like, I like, just have to say respect Robert Hagman. You need to you need to respect him. So this defense is going to be interesting the rest of the year. But <laughs> Very. I, yeah, one of the bigger storylines we'll, we'll be talking about, I'm sure. I'm, but I'm just not I, – I sound like I'm a little fired up. I'm just more like, how did this happen? It's kind of crazy. It's kind of, It's almost funny. But, like – because of all that happened today, and now we know this team isn't shooting for a playoff spot, I, I, I'm i more watching. I've now shifted back to the old mentality from last season. I'm watching for growth, individual performances, seeing what works, because this team's goal now isn't to make the playoffs. And honestly, I thought they looked that way in the first period. I thought they clearly were um, mentally affected by the two trades that happened. And yeah, obviously they're down what three, one after one. Yeah. And they and looked four, four going into three. <laughs> they looked like they didn't want to be there. They yeah. looked like they were playing a lazy hockey game. Now in the second, they were fantastic and tied the game up. The third period, it was back to the same old, same old. They, this was a team that didn't, in my eyes, look like they really wanted to be there outside of the bottom six. I'm going to let you respond before I get on my soapbox. Uh, yeah, man. I mean, <laughs> I guess so. I, I didn't think Larkin looked terrible. No, um, you're right. You got a point. He and he did. He did, and he had a point. Right. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. I, I didn't think Larkin looked bad. I thought. I thought he was a. Uh, he was solid. Um. Yeah. I mean. I, I mean. I. I definitely think it was a. Uh, I don't know whether they got yelled at in the, at the end of the first or what, but I, I definitely felt like the second and third were significantly different than. The first period. I didn't think overtime was terrible either. I mean, that's just oh like God. that penalty. Power plays on. Yeah, the the penalty was rough, but like uh, power plays on victim. overtime, especially when it's like four v three, is just kind of op. And so the fact that they were even able to kill it for as long as they did and kind of hang in there, I thought was relatively nice. I don't know. Like this is such diff a different tone. Like we're talking about a loss and like, yes, we got a point, but like, we're talking about a loss and we're like, yeah, like 
Like it's just it's so the mentality shift that that comes with trading two of your more productive players, um, kind of because I you know if we still have everybody on this team, and if we even split with Ottawa, I mean we're not talking we're not ta- we're not breaking down this game in this tone at all. Yeah. But it's just this is hey. the situation we're in, so we're trying to find, you know, like there there were some some positives in this game, and we'll take a point, I guess. It's no longer point watching. It's no longer standing watching. It's go out there, try to win the hockey game. I think they're and- five points back after the game now yeah. from the wild well, card. I mean, to get get this, they're second to last in their division now. But if they were to get if they were to win one hockey game, they would go all the way up to fourth. Right, this yeah, division's crazy. Yeah, I hate division this division. Crazy. <laughs> I hate this conference, for God's sake. Yeah, the East is but nuts. That's not the point. Is like that's the narrative is shifting now. It's not right. Even though it was fun to watch the standings for a while, it's not about that anymore. It's it's about looking for improvements on the ice. It's about competing every game and just trying to be like like it was at the beginning of the season. We've reverted back to what we were saying. It was a fun ride while it lasted, but we're back to being like this is an improvement year, and so we're going to be looking for improvements. I thought. The bottom six looked good in this game. I think that Suter was it Suter, Zadina, and Berger line looked really damn good. Yeah, Berger, uh, I thought looked great. Berger had obviously the goal, but that feed from Zadina was sick. And this is my soapbox where I'm like, don't be out on Zadina yet because he hasn't shown you what he's made of. <laughs> Again, I don't think he's ever going to live up to that sixth overall pick hype, but he's like still an effective NHLer. So yeah, I thought I will say I he's thought he good. Was, I thought he was. Um... For, okay, don't I just raise the roof. I thought that was awful. I don't even want to compliment him anymore. Um, I I did, I did think that he uh, he was a really um, what's the word effective? I guess he was a really effective yes, skater yeah. in this one. I thought that he was kind of always in the right place at the right time. So and I the, yeah, I was definitely impressed. The analytics back it up too. I mean, Philip Zadina was the fourth best player on the team at expected goals for percentage at five on five. If you sort it by Corsi four, again, he was the fourth best hockey stat card, which uses the analytics and tweaks him a little bit. He was the third best player on the team. He's looped good since he's come back from his broken leg and he's gaining confidence. And, you know, he's being rewarded with more minutes. When he first came back, he was getting less than 10 minutes a night at yeah. uh, total. And now he's getting over he's getting almost 15 minutes a night so i mean like that sounds small but in the course of a hockey game where your first and second lines dominate that's a lot of extra responsibility so i i i'm, I'm really liking phil Zadina. i did think jake wallman and moritz cider had a pretty good game together as a pair jake wallman i thought shined even earned the third star in this game he had that beautiful goal he had a couple of really good takeaways down low in front he he's just he could oh man he just continues to be the oh, diamond in the dude rock. the Wallman move oh so sick nasty man that's my top pair D man right there that was that was nice that was real nice yeah that little so, pump fake that was a beauty and then of course we thought Mort Sider scored but apparently it was Ernie and yeah, dude that that penalty on side of the Red Wings continue to be the victims of some very questionable calls the last few games. You know, obviously the audible one was highlighted, but that overtime slashing call he got the player. I don't even know who he got the penalty against. Let me look here against Jaden Schwartz. Jaden Schwartz didn't even notice he got slashed. It was such a, it was such like a, it was such like a tap, like one of those little ones they always let go. And they call that an overtime. It's just, it was such a weak call. His interference penalty earlier in the game was legit. Like he stuck his ass out (laughs) and got a piece of him. Yeah. But that overtime one was brutal. So I don't know. It, it, it this was exactly 
what I said the games are going to be. You know, they went out there, they fought back, they got an overtime point. That's great. Don't really care as far as standings go anymore. I'm just glad they fought back. There's individual performances to look forward to. Agreed. Any final thoughts? We ball. We ball. Red Wings play the New York Islanders on Saturday at 1230. Nice matinee game for the boys. Uh, Red Wings are one and one against the Islanders so far this season. Islanders in that wild card hunt. You hold their first round pick for hey, this season. That's what I was just about to say, man. You uh, you might want to play some some <laughs> some some games there with the you throw Helberg out there. there. What is it? Top 12, 11? Top twelve to pe- protected. 12, twelve protected. Yeah. So, so basically, uh, if they miss, a, <laughs> you want them in the to back barely, of your mind a little bit for sure. You want them to just barely miss the playoffs. That's right. what they're for right now. Well, I don't know. Honestly, I mean, if they are just awful then maybe you want them to claim it this year and then give you an unprotected next year when they'd be awful as well. But they're they're not going to be awful. They're going to be kind of in the same boat next year too probably. And so. what I had heard, though, is that the Vancouver Canucks were willing to give you this one because they are pretty confident that uh, they'd on pretty good standing the Islanders wouldn't claim it even if they did, which would, seems bizarre to me. But I mean, I like, that's, that's th- there's still a... <laughs> limit to that like if they won the lottery they wouldn't be like oh no <laughs> we would not love <laughs> Bedard. no no yeah it's on good standing we'll give it to you like that's not gonna happen but maybe i mean maybe if it's like 9 10 11 range maybe that's maybe that's a different conversation but there's definitely a limit to that if they have a top five pick they're not gonna <laughs> oh yeah good standing so Basically, guys, there really is no preview for this game against the Islanders. Just turn it on, watch it, enjoy it, and enjoy the rest of the season. Look for individual performances. Look for steps for this team is taking. And don't set your expectations too high because wow. this is it. What an encouraging ending. <laughs> I, I mean, that isn't like don't get your hopes up that they're going to make the playoffs. This is, a, again, back. Right. we're reverting back to the initial standpoint in this you season. You think this we're going to make the playoffs. Year. You think something that this team's front office doesn't even think. Yes. So you want to finish about 85 points and that's a fantastic upgrade over the year. Yeah. If we, if we sold two of our most productive players and still accomplish that goal that we had going into the season of finishing just outside the postseason, that'd be a great win. Yep. I'd love it. All right. So I already asked final thoughts. You can give it again if you want. I don't know that. Is that even allowed? Am I allowed to? Well, at that point it's plural. So you'd have to say we balls. Thanks for listening. We're done. <laughs> All right, we'll be back on Monday. Same time, same place. It's your team every day. Every day.